0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay.
1: All right. Well, welcome. We're glad to be with you today once again, and we are ready for another Apple presentation. I am Matt Volbrecht of the Tech Juggernaut, and it's very uh, exciting to be with you each week. I always look forward to these times together. I believe I am uh, being joined by trainer Cliff as well today. Uh, Not sure if anybody else from the team will make their way in, but we do have Cliff with us. And uh, we are going to be talking today about voiceover on the Apple TV. Now, you may remember that we talked to you over the summer about cord cutting in general. And we talked about a lot of different options that you have and a lot of different streaming services. Today, we're going to focus primarily on how to actually use voiceover on the Apple TV operating system known as tvOS. And really and truly, it is very much like the iOS experience. Very similar. If you can use it on one, you can use it on the other. But there are some little tips and tricks we can give you. The layout's a bit different. There are some things that that it's better to just learn them going in. And also, people are often very surprised as to just how accessible the Apple TV is and how many accessibility features are really included in the Apple TV. So I have three things I'd like to do. I'd like to start out with a very quick review, and it will be quick, of some of the streaming options that you have available to you. And Cliff, if you're here, when we um, get to the part of that about doing home movies and, and so forth. I'll I'll have you talk about um, the app that we use for that and the you know network attached storage and so forth. So we'll give them a quick review of that. It won't be as in-depth as it was over the summer because we've already done it, but we just want to remind you. And then we're going to give you an actual tour of the remote that's used with the Apple TV, known as the Siri remote here in the U.S. And finally, we'll talk about what voiceover? How voiceover operates on the TV and and the setup process and entering text and all those things. So we've got a lot to cover. We're going to get right into it, and I want to review quickly with you because when you, if you are going to use the Apple TV, the first thing you really do need to start deciding is what services you're going to use it with. Now, of course, this can change, and the beauty of of uh, streaming services, there's typically no um, problem with you know trying something out and then switching to something else. It doesn't require complex installations or activation fees and all those sorts of things. And it really is uh, a much different, much more pleasant experience. But there is a huge selection of options out there. And many people will use the streaming services they already have, because most of us now subscribe to at least one or two streaming services. If you're like Cliff or me, maybe you've got a bunch. But Most people have at least one or two. And these might be things like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney+, Plus, Peacock, or HBO Max, for example. And so you may subscribe to one or more of those. And it's very easy to add those to your Apple TV. Those are some of the options you have. You also may want to have an option for getting live TV in a more traditional sense. You know, being able to watch anything on any channel. Your typical cable channels, whether it's Food Network and HGTV and Discovery or Nickelodeon or uh, TV Land, uh, Lifetime, or or you know maybe it's something like the news networks and maybe even sports like you know ESPN for example. All of these options are available to you in a couple of different ways that you might remember, which we shared with you over the summer. Um, the first thing is if you already have a subscription through a provider, um, like, for example, Comcast or Spectrum, or maybe DirecTV or Dish, if you have one of those subscriptions, you will be able to access individual apps for the networks. For example, the Food Network app called Food Network Go, the HGTV app, the Nickelodeon app, the Lifetime app, the ESPN app. These are available because you have them in your Satellite or cable package. And so consequently, they're available through a feature called TV Everywhere. Now, not every channel supports TV everywhere, and not every cable or satellite provider supports every channel. So it is going to vary from company to company and from network to network. But largely, if you have it in your cable or satellite package, there's a good chance you will be able to download an app for it on your TV and sign in with your cable or satellite provider login and access all the content live and on demand. In addition to that, there are live TV streaming services that don't require traditional cable or satellite TV now. Our personal favorite, AT&T TV. It is very um, unlike a lot of the others. It's higher priced and uh, has a lot more channels. So it's worth what you're paying for it. But it does have uh, a number of, you know, the package I have has 85 channels. I think the package Cliff has has like 124 channels or something like that. And you do get cloud DVR. You do get simultaneous streaming. You get a lot of the, you know, you get thousands and thousands of on demand titles. Um, you can restart programs that are already in progress. I mean, there's just a f- plethora of options here. And again, that's ATT TV. There are others. The latest uh newcomer to the scene is t-mobile TVision. so for t-mobile customers that's an option worth considering um, there are others as well of course hulu with live tv youtube tv sling being one of the most well-known probably because it was one of the first um, to really uh get into that um, and and there are still others even that i'm not mentioning there's probably seven or eight now major live TV streaming providers. And they vary in features and in channel lineups and in price. For those who have absolutely no interest in sports, local channels, or traditional news networks, uh, you could get a service like Philo, P-H-I-L-O, which is just $20 a month for 60 channels, I think, 59 channels. And again, they do not have the um, Disney, they do not have ESPN, Uh, They don't have, you know, Fox News, MSNBC, um, those kinds of things. They don't have your local channels, which a lot of the other ones do. But they do have all the other popular channels, the Discovery Networks, which again is, you know, Food Network, HGTV, Cooking Channel, DIY, and a whole bunch of others, Science Channel. They do have um, the CBS Viacom. Uh, Nickelodeon and Comedy Central and all of those. And, and they do have the A&E networks, you know, History, Lifetime, LMN, a whole bunch of them. Just like I said, there's like 59 channels there. And again, unlimited uh, cloud DVR and on-demand and all of these things. So there's a, a very, very wide variety of options. Uh, this is a feature that we offer at TTJ. If you call us and give us your your zip code and the channels you're interested in, we can certainly help you to try to pick the one that's right for you. But you know, you can also do a lot of this research online for yourself, and 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 you can try them out. You know, you can actually use them for a bit. One of the interesting things about AT and T TV is they also have a device that they send you, and actually T Mobile offers that as well. These are free devices. They do run on the Android platform, and they do connect to your television. Because they run on Android, they do have a, a screen reader. At least the AT&T one does. I can assume the T-Mobile one does. I don't know. And it's not as good as voiceover. I'll be very upfront about that. It, it just isn't. Uh, but it does get the job done. So if you need it for an extra TV, you can use it. You're not required to. We're, of course, going to focus on the Apple TV. And the nice thing, even with these services where they send you a device, like AT&T TV or T-Mobile, t You don't have to wait for that device, and you're not required to use it. You can start using your service immediately by downloading the app onto your iPad, your iPhone, or, of course, what we're talking about today, your Apple TV. Now, another way to get content, (coughs) excuse me, in addition to all of that, is to use Apple TV channels and the Apple TV app itself. Apple TV channels allow you to subscribe directly to premium content like CBS All Access, Stars, uh, Showtime, Tastemade, Smithsonian Channel, CuriosityStream, PBS Living, and a whole lot of others. I believe there are 30 or 31, 32 different channels you can subscribe to. They're commercial-free. You can download the content for offline if you want to. Up to six family members can share them. They're billed directly to your Apple account. And there's no additional logins to set up. It works right in Apple's TV app across all of your devices. Where there are live uh, streams available, and even local live streams like with CBS, those will also be available in the Apple TV channel. And furthermore, the Apple TV app allows you to purchase and rent movies and TV shows from the iTunes store. And so it's very easy to get the latest hit movie that you want to watch. For just a few dollars, you can purchase it, you can rent it. And when you rent it, you have up to 30 days to start watching it, 48 hours to watch it over and over as much as you want. When you purchase it, you get access to iTunes extras, which are very much like the bonus content you'll find on DVDs and TV shows. You can purchase even the latest season. With the latest season, you can purchase what's known as a season pass. And these season passes, give you all the current episodes. And when a new episode airs, you immediately get a notification and you can watch it. And it's usually the same day as the live airing. So this is another great way to purchase content that you want to keep forever and ever. It's uh, available on all of your devices. Again, completely commercial free. Pause it, rewind it, do whatever you want with it. And so that's Apple TV channels and the Apple TV app. And the last way that I'd like to talk about, I'm going to turn things over to cliff for a moment and i'd like to talk about the idea of your home movie collection we are not um condoning or condemning anybody for how you get your collection we're not getting into the legality of that but if you have your own personal home movies there's a couple of different ways to watch those now what i'll cliff are you with us by the way yes i'm here okay perfect how you doing doing good doing good Good. Okay. I'm going to turn things over to him in a second. What I want to say is there's a couple of different ways to do this. If you've got a computer, like a Mac or a PC, you can actually use the TV app on a Mac or the iTunes app on a Windows machine, and you can do what's called home sharing, and you can watch those movies and shows that are in your home collection on your Apple TV. But the thing about that is you've got to keep your computer on, and you've got to keep the app open. And so there is another option for those who are serious home movie enthusiasts who have thousands of hours worth of content and want to be able to access that hassle-free. And so for that, I'm going to turn things over to Cliff for a few minutes to talk about Infuse and Network Attached Storage.
2: Okay, like Matt said, I'll give you the brief one. And, um, tell me, uh, there's a more extensive description of this coming up in the podcast as soon as I pull the audio and put it there. But anyway, <laughs> um, Infuse is an app that you can get lifetime. I think it's on sale right now for 25 bucks for a year for Black Friday. It's normally $46. Um, yearly subscription is $10, and a monthly subscription is $9. And I will tell you that it's pretty much it's it's worth every penny. It could they would they could charge more, in my opinion. Um, it downloads metadata for people that can see. It gives you album covers and season covers, and it even gives you the synopsis, the description, the the year it came out, the actors, the directors. It gives you all that in the description of the movies that you import in. I'm not going to say import that you uh, um, connect on your network to whatever source because you can connect to a network attached storage you can connect to a usb external hard drive that could possibly be plugged into your um, router or modem Um, there is a way to do it to connect to your mac or pc which is the way i don't prefer to do it because i'm going to do it that way i might as well do itunes now as matt said with with home sharing you got to have your not only do you got to have your computer on all the, on all the time, but if you're gonna have a movie in there, it has to be an MP4 format. With this app, it doesn't matter what it is: MP4, AVI, MKV, DivX, y'all, you know, and other ones that I might be and other ones I might be forgetting. Um, but it, it has not. There's not been one format that I've thrown at that it can't play. Now, one format that it will not play because it's not necessary there's other apps out there for that, is MP3. This is not designed for audio. This is designed for video. Um, There are apps out there that you can get for the Mac and PC that will rip um, DVDs that you get from Redbox, Blockbuster, Netflix, whatever. Like Matt said, we're not going to get into the logistics of it, but there are apps out there that, that will do that for you. You can rip them and save them on a hard drive, move them over to a network attached storage. Let me explain what that is first. A network attached storage is basically a hard drive that is powered and plugged in with an Ethernet cord into directly into your router therefore it's not going to your computer it's not going to another hard drive it's going directly to your network so i have one on my network right now and anybody that has an iphone or any mobile smartphone for that matter can connect to it and they can view with permission anyway they can view the, the photos that's on it the movies even listen to the music but what infuse does is it asks you for your your admin um credentials and it connects to it directly. Then it scans it for the movies and TV shows that you have on it. And it separates them for you. It puts this, the, the TV shows and seasons like, I mean, I'm a big SVU fan and, and then, uh, um, Matt watches friends and the nanny constantly. And I have those two series in infused along with a bunch of others, but they, I didn't have to do nothing except put it, tell it where that folder was. It sorted it. It put all, each season in their own folders. It gave it eye candy. It gave me the description. It told me the, the episode numbers. I mean, it gives me everything. You can even connect to a system called TrackTV, Track TV, C-R-T-R-A-K-TV, and it will track everything that you watch. So you can um, go back and, like, say, and I, I watched Roseanne over and over again. So if I want to go back to pick up where I left off, it'll let me know where I picked up, I uh, left off at it also scans the internet i forgot what imdb stands for internet internet media whatever it's imdb (laughs) i forgot what it's good for though anyway but it scans there where that's where it gets a lot of its movie descriptions and things of that nature from um again there will be a podcast coming up on stir it up and possibly ttj talk our podcast that we have with the most more extensive description of this app. But I just gave you the logistics that this app really does a whole lot. And like I said, they could charge a lot more for it. It even puts your movies in categories for you. It If you have collections, like say you had the Halloween series or the nightmare on Elm street series or the Friday the 13th, it, it puts those in collections for you. It puts those in folders for you. So you don't have to do it yourself. So again, I said I wasn't going to take too much time to explain it, but that is the basis of it. And like I said, it, it does a whole lot more. And I would I would easily pay
1: $5 a month for this app. That's how good it is. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I was muted, but is it Internet Movie Database? I can't remember. Is that what that I is,
2: IMDB Internet Movie. Yeah, that that sounds about right. That sounds what the letter could
1: stand for. <laughs> I mean, it could it could be. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember either. But um, yeah, it is a great option. As I said, if you're serious about doing home movies and, and and you know you use one of these network attached storage or NAS devices, it makes it you know so easy to just keep them there. Just keep that plugged in, connected to your modem, router, gateway, whatever you want to call it. I I mean, it's so
2: convenient when you get a new movie or, you know, you happen to rent a movie and you say, oh, I want to add this to my collection. And again, we're not going to get into the logistics of copying DVDs and this and that of the other. But it's so convenient. Like if I have a video of my grandkids birthday party and I want to watch it on the big screen, I can just throw it in the folder and when I open it up, it'll scan for changes and it'll automatically appear in my recently added. It's it's, it's convenient. Like I said, they could easily charge five dollars a month for this app and I would
1: pay it. All right, absolutely. I think what we'll go ahead and do now, the next thing for us to do is to get into voiceover on tvOS. So before we do that, let's go ahead and take some questions. If you have any questions about this quick whirlwind tour review that we've just done, let's go ahead and answer those questions first, and then we'll go on.
3: Okay, so I know some of you are already raising your hands. Uh, if you do want to raise your hand, it's Alt-Y on the computer, Option-Y on the Mac, and Star-9 on the, um, on the phone, and then on the iPhone, it's under the More button on the right-hand side. So let's see. Uh, let's see. Beth, let's see. Okay, Beth. Uh Let's see, I keep trying to... Okay. There you are. Okay, Um, good. By the way, um,
4: hi, on my iPhone, I didn't have to go to the more, but anyway, maybe some Hmm. people... Oh, on Um, webinar, you don't.
3: You're right. Thank you. That's true.
4: uh, (laughs) But uh, my question, Matt, is I'm confused about the um, on demand. can is it? How does that work? Can, can any show that you might want to watch, if you don't want to watch it when it's going on, can you get every single show and movie that, that, say, Cox has or AT&T or whoever on demand? Or is it just specific ones? Is it just some of them?
1: It's, it's the vast majority, but it's not every. Um, <clears throat> that is based upon licensing. It's based on individual content. Um, and so if you have uh, certain shows, for example, uh, they will make the most recent episode available along with maybe the current season and then like, you know, 20 or 30 other episodes from throughout the season and I throughout this uh, series. And I don't know how they decide on what those are, but, you know, just giving you an example. Then there are other shows where the entire thing is available on demand indefinitely. Um, the, the One of the um, networks that's really famous for doing that is the uh, Discovery Networks with Food Network and HG and so forth. They have especially if you use their app and pretty much that's also true even in the, um, the provider app like AT&T TV but they especially tout that in their own app they have tons of Complete series, you know, start to current, available um, on demand. And then there are other channels that do absolutely no on demand whatsoever. And there, those are rare; they're few and far between, Um, but they do exist. You know, Cliff mentioned the nanny, which is one of my favorite shows, and that has been available nowhere digitally. Uh, If you, you know, if you have a digital um, streaming provider like AT and T TV, and it happens to air on a channel. You can record it and save it to the cloud uh, for a while, but that is um, the only way you've been able to get it. Now, recently, uh, the first two seasons of The Nanny are now available on Pluto TV, and hopefully, the rest will roll out. But again, that's where your home media comes in too. So, yeah, it's not everything. It's you know, it would definitely be misleading you to say that it's every episode of every show. Uh, however. It's thousands upon thousands of hours. You're gonna be hard pressed, especially with this system of watching TV on Apple TV and you know, the iOS devices with these apps, you are gonna be very, very hard pressed to find examples of things that you can't watch the whole way through. I you know, I gave you one example right now because it stands out, but that's one example of, you know, hundreds of different shows that I like and most of which I can find on demand with little or no effort at all.
4: Right so that's different from actually going on say the Cox app right on demand is different from from going on the Cox app and picking a show how how
1: does that <gasps> Well not necessarily I don't know the Cox app so I can't speak directly to it I imagine they have on demand content on there but you know again that's just I I don't know that um but yeah oh you know on demand is just a broad term for watching something at your volition without having to record it without i mean technically recording is on demand but it doesn't fit into the technical description right. of on demand you know that it would be recorded <laughs> you're still watching yeah. it on demand but it's <laughs> semantics there but yeah no it you know true on demand means that you don't you know it's just available whenever you want to watch it okay thanks. okay thank you beth okay wesley
0: uh yeah because I'm thinking, I've got a contract with Expandy till this March, but I am thinking seriously getting an Apple TV, and I'm just going to take the shear to the cord when that contract's up, except for internet service. But the thing is, what I found out from this uh, service, this basic cable service, there's been that much I'm really interested on there other than, you know... Then the local news stations, I see some like, you know, Quest or, or Discover, kind of like. A lot of stuff I'm not really into. And I have a cheap, you know, Hulu subscription, you know, and I got a few shows I watch under that. And I feel like, you know, like the Apple One package. But, you know, and then I like to just get rid of the rest of that, you know, save my money and not, you know, pay for Xfinity for the rest of, the, you know, the other channels, but I like to have a way I can access the local news channels. So do the news channels usually have apps for Apple TV. So you could, you know, at least, you know, watch their newscast. And also I noticed that some of these, they have the iPhone apps for their, you know, where you can access their news channels. So any way I could send video from an iPhone into the Apple TV. So I can put one of their apps on my phone and then to send to my big screen
1: that is doable. It's called airplay. Um, and lots of news networks nationally do have apps to get your local news. There may or may not be an app. It kind of depends on your area. And really the best, the best way to do that guaranteed is to get a streaming package like the, uh, AT&T TV or Hulu with live TV, you know, because they will most likely have your local channels. However, it's not the only way. Um, there is a, there's a cert. Well, there's a there's a box called HD Home Run, and if you get an HD Home Run Connect, I think is the one. Um, you can connect it to your router, and the other end of it gets connected to uh, an over the air antenna. You buy one of those. You know, you okay. can even get an indoor one. Okay, and then there's an app you download onto your Apple TV, and you can watch the the local channels that way. So there are a lot of options, and um, you know, it's certainly something you can look into when you're, you know, ready to, to actually do that. Uh, because there are multiple ways of getting local content.
0: Yeah, I don't know the antenna would work because my place on the bottom floor and the faces this courtyard with a six story walls, at least on three sides of it. So I don't think I'm going to get anywhere with antenna. Though I could probably give that a try and see what happens. I don't. I'm not expecting much from that.
1: Well, there's so. a there's a website you can actually enter your zip code and see what antenna channels you can get with different antennas in you know in your actual
0: area that way i sure there's a bunch of you know location wise a bunch of stuff i can get with an antenna but it's where i'm situated you know if i have like indoor antenna in or even a little outdoor would it pick up much because the only opening to the courtyard is due north and i don't know if there's any stations that have the transmitters north of me or not because other than that, I step out to my patio, and I'm surrounded by six-story walls all around. So I'm... Yeah, might, that's, that's
1: where there. that website comes in, because they give you all that information.
0: Yeah, like, man, i I okay. probably would try that, though. Yep. Thank, right, you, thank you, Wesley.
1: Thank you. Chair
4: Ann? Thank you. Chair Ann? Hi. Um, yeah. Uh, can you hear me?
3: Yep. We hear you.
4: Okay, great. Um I've kind of got a similar situation. I am thinking about when my contract is over, uh, do I want to maybe cut the cord and do something? I've got a similar question. I want, I If I want to get local channels, can I? And what about audio description? If it's available, I want it. I know how to get that through my table box, you know, I know how to turn audio description on, but is that, well, turning the set, the audio description, oh, well, yeah, is there a way to do that on the audio or on the Apple TV? I would think there would be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of audio described content, and that is a feature built into the Apple TV. If you turn it on, then it will be available if it's offered on, you know, that still is dependent upon the content. It's not on all content. Uh, But yeah, yep. Elizabeth
3: let's see did I oh I didn't let's see here you go
4: there we go there you go I just, good. What was? this is a really simple question I just didn't catch the name of um, the last uh, one that was described where the gentleman said that he would pay five dollars a month for it. Uh, that's really an working. app called
1: Infuse. Infuse thank is the name of the app, and thank it you, is. Jane. Yep, it's made by a company called Fire Corp. That's the one that um, that you want if you're looking at that.
5: Okay, it was a rave review, I would say. <laughs> thank you. Sure, thank you,
3: Sheila.
4: Good afternoon, Matt. It's nice to hear all of this great information. Hi there. Hi. Um, my question is, I have ATT U-verse, which does not have um, any kind of accessible remote, etc. Um, you're talking ATT TV. Would that
1: take the place of the UVerse? and can I reach out to you after and... Yeah, please do. Uh, please do reach out to me afterwards. Uh, AT&T would really like to get all of its customers away from Uverse. They're not actually offering Uverse new anymore uh, to customers. And really where they want everybody to go is to AT&T TV. So I suspect you should be able to get some really, really good, um, you know, promotional rates to do that, to make that move as well. And you would have accessibility um, through... Apple TV and iPhone and iPad and even on the device that they'll send you. As I said, it's not as I don't like it as much as voiceover and I don't like Android as much as, you know, Apple. But it, it is there. I mean, if you need it for another TV or something, it is accessible. I can't knock that, you know. Um, okay. So, well, I'll, yeah, that I'll reach out far. to you.
4: Thank
3: okay, you. Fantastic.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Sheila. Eric. Eric. Let's see, you may unmute. Eric? Well, we may need to move on. That's all I see right now. Um, did you want to move along, Matt, with more of your presentation?
1: Can you hear me? Okay, can you hear me Eric. Now? Oh, yeah, and then we okay. can,
3: sure.
5: All right. Okay, uh, just an observation. Uh got about half an hour into this call and hasn't touched on the uh, subject that the call was gonna be about and I don't know if you're gonna get there or not, but that's what I'm interested in.
1: Thank you. What was it's- what was that? What was that, sir? I'm very confused. What would you mean about box um,
4: probably? Because I made a mistake.
1: Um, oh.
5: so talking about using voiceover on Apple T V. Oh. So oh. far that hasn't been covered and I got half an hour in this and I'm
1: Oh, you you oh, might have oh, you might have you might have come hey. in late. You might have come in late because we actually did mention it at the beginning that that's the next thing. It's coming up now, so you're in
5: you're in oh, good. So shape. you mentioned it and then you went away for yeah. from it for right. half an hour. Right, right.
1: right. So exactly. what, what am I
5: doing here if I'm hoping to hear
0: that?
1: Well, you got to know how to use these things. You know, it's all part of the same thing. Um, it, it's you know, we got to know what I mean. It would be like buying a. Buying a uh, a microwave and not knowing what you want to cook, you know, you got to have all the options. So we're trying to give you a little bit of a background as to the streaming services that are out there, um, what you can use on your Apple TV. So it's not just kind of sitting there, um, you know, the content that you can get and subscribe to. And I think the important thing to understand with Voiceover, which is you know a good segue into into where we're headed next, um, if you are planning to use any of these apps, it's uh, a good assumption that every app that we've talked about so far, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, uh, Peacock, HBO Max, um, they are all going to work with voiceover. And so, you know, once you've kind of made that um, decision as to what you want to at least try out at the beginning... Um, you can. You'll then have something to do with this, so that you can. You know, you can actually use it to get real-world content. And, um, and and as you mentioned, voiceover is is the next thing that we're going to talk about. And for for starters on that, what I would like to do is I'd like to give you uh, kind of an overview of the Apple remote, known as the Siri remote. And then the last component is we're actually going to talk about. Um, the you know the the features of of the voiceover screen reader and, and various accessibility uh, features on the TV. So with the remote, um, I'll give you a very quick tour of this remote and the uh, buttons on it because it is um, there are very few buttons and the rest of it is done through the touch surface trackpad at the top. Now, if you are, after today, interested in more in-depth voiceover coverage uh, on this, we will uh, also direct you to our website where we have an in-depth tutorial on using voiceover. But I'm going to try to cover uh, as much of that as I can, and I actually think we'll probably be done with time to spare because it really isn't that complex on on tvOS. Um, So the remote, looking at the remote, there are actually a total of... Five buttons, six depending on how you how you want to classify it. And the rest is done through this trackpad at the top. So looking at the remote, the top left button is known as the menu button. Uh, this button will also take you back to previous screens and will allow you to um, go clear back to the home screen. Just like on an iPhone or an iPad, the TV, the Apple TV with tvOS has a home screen. And that is where all of your app icons are. And that's kind of your your starting point for everything that you do. So the menu button uh, takes you back to previous screens within apps and also eventually back to the home screen, or you can press and hold it to quickly jump back to the home screen. If you you quickly triple-click that menu button, that is your accessibility shortcut, much like the home button or the side button or top button on an iOS or iPad OS device. And we'll talk about that in a moment, actually, during the discussion of of setting up the uh, Apple TV. Um, Now, the the next button I wanna talk about is the the button on the top right of the remote, which is known as the the TV button or the home button. It's kind of personal preference. There's a setting where you can choose what this button does. Um, does it take you into the TV app or does it take you home? And, and so there are, uh, again, multiple uses for this button. You can press and hold this button to get into the control center of tvOS. Again, just like iOS, there is a control center, which we'll talk about. Next on the left, the second row, is your Siri button. And this button, when pressed and held, Allows you to speak to Siri, and also you can press and hold this to dictate text into any edit field. In, in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk about uh, text entry and text input, and that is um, the you know the the only function of that button. It's it's the Siri button. You press and hold it, and you talk either for dictation purposes or for for Siri purposes. And on the right side, there is a volume. Uh, button it's it's one button volume up and down uh, obviously the top end of it is volume up and the bottom end of it is volume down and on the left hand side the very bottom button is the play pause button now that is it those are the only buttons that you have on the siri remote everything else as i mentioned before is controlled by the touch surface trackpad The gestures that you will use with VoiceOver are remarkably similar to what you'll use in iOS and iPadOS on your phone, on your iPad, and so on. And the only major difference is that there's no double tap gesture, Um, at least not typically. You don't double tap on an item to open it, you don't double tap on a character to insert it on the keyboard. And the reason for that is because when you are using the Apple TV, the touch surface is also a button. The actual remote um, trackpad can also be pressed like a button. And so to activate an item, to click on an item, to choose an item, instead of a double tap, you're going to simply click the trackpad remote. Now, the other important thing that's very different from using your iOS device is, in the case of tvOS, you're not touching the actual screen, right? You are interacting with the screen by way of a remote. So when you navigate, when you swipe to the left or swipe to the right, you're actually uh, going to be affecting the items on the screen. But it's different than directly touching the item's on screen itself. Now, because of that and because of the way that voiceover works because of the the layout of TVOS, we have these grids, right? We have columns and rows of icons just like on a home screen, but because it's the big screen, it's the, you know, the TV in your living room and so forth, there's a lot more options. There's a lot more you can swipe through. You might have lists of thousands of movies or shows in a collection and uh, maybe thousands of songs in the music app. So how do we make it possible to interact with a a screen in this way and to, uh, to, to quickly be able to move through all of this content? And the answer to that is that there are two very distinct modes for voiceover on Apple TV. Now, the first mode is known as navigation mode. Navigation mode is where you'll spend probably 99% of your time. It is where you will navigate from item to item, where you'll click on items to watch, where you'll open those apps that we talked about. If you have, uh, uh, let's say, Peacock or HBO Max or Disney+, Plus, you'll, AT&T TV, you know, you'll, you'll swipe to it on the home screen, you'll click on it, you'll find your content by swiping um, and choosing what you want and clicking on it again. And all of this is done in navigation mode. This is going to be, I'll explain this in a bit more depth, but right now I just want to go over the two modes with you. So that's one of them. The second mode is known as exploration mode. Exploration mode is not meant for everyday navigation. It's meant to do exactly what its name suggests. And that is to allow you to explore what's on the screen. And there may be a time when this is useful. One of the most obvious times that I can think about is, I shared with you uh, that there are many different apps out there, such as you know Food Network and HGTV that work with your cable or satellite provider, for example. And I said you would have to sign in using the credentials that go with your cable or satellite subscription or even your digital live TV streaming package subscription. Now, there are cases where this is done automatically for you. Uh, Apple has a thing called single sign-on, and several of the major providers uh, support it. And if they do, it's much easier to sign into apps like Food Network and HGTV because you store those credentials on the uh, Apple TV and you don't have to manually enter them every time. But if a particular app does not support single sign-on, you're going to have to enter a code. And so what's going to happen is on the Apple TV, and there are slight variants in the workflow, but this is the general idea. What happens on the Apple TV is you open an app and you try to watch something. And it says, this content is only available to subscribers who have this channel in their package. And it'll say, if you want to sign in, to unlock this content, yeah. you need to pick up a, an iPad or an iPhone or a computer and you need to go to, you know, whatever it is, hgtv.com slash activate or whatever they're using. I, you know, I I have single sign on and I don't really do it that way very much. So I don't know. Uh, but there are, you know, there are these web addresses. So you pick up your iPhone and your iPad and you go to that website and it says enter the code displayed on your television. Well, the Apple TV with voiceover would have read it to you maybe once. And you might have heard it say, uh, enter the code J6D817. Well, you may not remember that. This is a time for using exploration mode. This is a time to go back and read that authentication code character by character to verify what it is. And so that's kind of what I see as the purpose and the benefit of exploration mode. So when you first set up your Apple TV, it's going to be in navigation mode. Navigation mode, by default, is a direct touch experience. Now, what that means is that with direct touch, you will use the exact same gestures that your sighted peers, family, friends, coworkers, are using. There's no difference. Yeah. And so what happens is you will pick up your Apple remote, Siri remote... And you will swipe in whatever direction you want to go. If you want to move to the right, you swipe to the right with one finger. And if you want to move more quickly to the to the right, you swipe more aggressively to the right. And you might move by five or six items instead of by one item. And same thing with swiping to the left. And you can even swipe up and down, which is really useful um, in the tvOS world because of how things are set up. And so you literally just swipe to the left, to the right, yep. up, and down, and when you find something you want, you click on it. You literally just press the button. See why I said this wouldn't be a very difficult or, or time-consuming explanation? Because it really can't get any simpler. You listen to what voiceover is reading to you, and you swipe. Um, if you're in a guide of channels, you you know you swipe up and down or left and right, and and whether or not they're they're set up for left and right or up and down navigation, you're going to have to figure that out by experimenting because every app is a little bit different. sometimes there are hints to tell you and sometimes not but it's very easy to just swipe and figure it out And you know there are some apps where you need to swipe in all four directions um, For example in a in, in the Apple TV app if you go into your library of purchased content, those are again they're grids so you might have six movies across, and then down to the next row another six movies and down to the next row another six you know so however many you just again you're just going to practice this you're just going to try it and it's as easy as that swiping one direction swiping the other clicking on what you want again i want to stress that is po- that it's possible to navigate in all four directions up down left and right and click when you want to activate something and so this is basic navigation in direct touch mode. Now you can change that navigation style from direct touch to something else called follow focus. If you really want to do that, I don't recommend that. I don't prefer it, but it's kind of useful for folks who may also have dexterity issues and cannot control how, um, how aggressively, I guess we'd say they swipe with one finger. Maybe they're constantly moving by four or five items instead of one and they can't control that you know that's a designed feature in direct touch mode so that if i need to move through you know 800 rows i don't have to do it one row by one row i can you know move my finger more aggressively more quickly more rapidly and it will move by multiple rows at a time but if that is a a problem you can change the navigation style in direct touch mode Uh, Excuse me. Let me say that again. You can change the navigation style in navigation mode from direct touch to follow focus. And it will make it so that every swipe only moves you one element at a time. Again, that's not the way I prefer to do it. I like the direct touch experience in navigation mode, but you can change that in your voiceover settings. It is a personal preference. Now, the other mode that we mentioned was exploration mode and again this is where you kind of look at what's at the what's on the screen with voiceover and you're not really moving you're just reading what's there and this mode is going to feel a lot more like voiceover on other devices because when you swipe to the left and to the right you're going to hear these clicks as voiceover wraps around and you might reach a boundary and hear a boundary reached uh, sound just like you would on your iPhone or your iPad and the other thing they have in exploration mode is a rotor And just like on iPad and iPhone, you can add and remove and reorder things on the, well, can you reorder now? I forget, maybe not reorder, but you can add or remove things from the voiceover rotor. And so you will have options like characters, words, headings, landmarks, uh, lists, um, you know, different options like that. And again, just like with iOS and iPadOS, you can also put some of the voiceover speech settings on the rotor if you want to like hints or um, volume or uh, speaking rate and a special one called read screen after delay and that can be turned on or off and what that means is that um, you can uh, you can easily have voiceover read an entire screen automatically for you which is very useful in the case of like movie descriptions you click on the movie poster you actually want to hear what is on the entire screen, you know, you want to hear the description and the runtime of that movie and the rating and all of that. So you can set read screen after delay to on, and then it will automatically happen. But you can put that option in the rotor if you want to, if, if you don't like it. Now, again, the rotor is most useful in exploration mode, it really doesn't serve much of a purpose in navigation mode, you might if you put some voiceover settings, in the rotor, like speaking rate and so on, they might show up in the rotor in navigation mode, but really the rotor is not meant for navigation mode. It's meant for exploration mode. You don't really need it in navigation mode. So the question some of you might be asking is, how do you switch back and forth between the two modes? And that's very easy. You can do that on the fly by putting two fingers on the trackpad and performing a triple tap. So a two-finger triple tap toggles you, switches you back and forth between the direct uh, navigation mode, and the exploration mode. And again, that's a two-finger triple tap. By default, you're going to be, as I said, in the uh, navigation mode. And going along with talking about defaults, I want to talk about something else, too. I want to talk about just how easy this thing is to set up. Because it really, just like all of Apple's other devices, it requires absolutely no sighted assistance uh, to set it up. When you plug it in and connect it to your television, the only thing you might need sighted assistance for, if your TV doesn't talk to you, is knowing what input the television is on to make sure that it's you know on the correct input. Um, and that even is you know that has become less and less a problem with modern smart TVs that will actually talk to you, uh, and and you can use Siri or uh, Alexa or one of those to uh, switch inputs. So as soon as you plug in the Apple TV, just like an iPad or an iPhone it powers up and it starts loading. Uh, There is no on and off um, per se for Apple TV. There is a sleep mode. We'll talk about that. So just like an iPad or an iPhone, you turn it on, you give it 30 seconds to a minute. And then there is one thing on the screen that you're not going to see and and, and probably not going to hear because voiceover isn't already on. It basically just tells you to click the remote one time. And that just completes the pairing process when you get a new remote, when you get a new Apple TV, it comes with a new remote. So it's basically already paired, but you just have to click the remote to uh, to, to complete that process so it knows that your remote is there and you're ready to start using it. And you can immediately triple click the menu button, that top left button that we talked about before. That is just like triple clicking the home button during setup of an iPad or an iPhone or the side button during setup. It's the same thing. When you triple click that, Just like on iOS, it automatically sets the accessibility shortcut to VoiceOver. And of course, it turns VoiceOver on immediately as well. And so, this is a very important feature because right out of the box, we have VoiceOver. We just triple click the menu button, and now we have VoiceOver. And we know that the default mode is navigation. So, we can swipe left, right, up, and down and click on what we want. You'll be asked to select your language, you'll be asked to select your country or region. And just like iPad and iPhone and HomePod and all these other devices, Apple TV and tvOS support automatic setup. So you can bring your iPhone near to the Apple TV. You've got to bring it within an inch or two of the actual Apple TV set-top box, and it will prompt you on your phone. Do you want to use this phone to set up your Apple TV? And just like with the other devices, it will copy your Wi-Fi settings, your Apple ID and password over to the Apple TV. And this is a great way to set it up to save some time. And it's also especially useful for folks who are not yet comfortable with text entry on tvOS because it's a brand new experience for you, perhaps. It avoids you having to immediately start typing right from the get-go. And once you're connected to the internet, you're going to have so many ways once you're signed into tvOS to enter text going forward. And I'll talk about that. But again, Automatic setup really does save you a lot of time. The other question you're going to be asked right from the beginning is if you want to set your TV provider. So here's where again we talked about AT and T TV and you know uh, um, Hulu with live TV, um, Sling TV. All three of those support the single sign-on feature. And so if you have a provider that does support single sign-on, you can set your provider up front, and it will allow you to sign in immediately. On the Apple TV and you won't have to use those codes that I mentioned going forward. You'll already be signed in. Not only that, it will make a suggestion of apps for you to download that will work with your subscription. So if I sign into AT&T TV, for example, once I get finished with the setup, if I go into the App Store, it knows maybe I ought to download the AT&T TV app. And maybe I ought to download, you know, some of the other ones I mentioned, Food Network and HG and, you know, all these different ones that will work with it. So you're given that prompt and uh, you can immediately specify your TV provider. There's even one provider in the United States, and I think it's Spectrum, where if you have the Spectrum modem and a Spectrum internet connection, um, you don't even have to specify if you actually also have TV through Spectrum it will automatically set that as your provider. It will detect it because it's on the same network. And so you don't have to do any, any signing in at all when you're at your home location. Um, now, uh, you know, again, it's basic setup. Once you are uh, signed in, Apple TV is fully integrated with iCloud. So it gets all of your information, all your purchased content, all of your movies and TV shows, your music, your photos, podcasts, all of these types of things. And you have all these third-party apps that we've talked about, many of them uh, that you can download from the app store to use with services like Peacock, AT and TV, HBO Max, Disney Plus, uh, Hulu, uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime. All these different things. Of course, there's a lot of other apps on the app store as well, and some of them are, you know, even free TV like Pluto, Tubi, and YouTube. And there's there's apps for cooking, apps for home design, apps for education. And then there's a ton of games. Some of the games are accessible. Others are not. Uh, Apple Arcade is uh, fully supported on Apple TV. And pretty soon, Apple Fitness Plus is going to be supported on Apple TV as well. So that's another new feature that's, that's coming. There are lots of workout apps and all of that. Now, one of the things you're going to want to know how to do, whether it's searching um, for apps or otherwise, is... Is is text entry. Now, obviously, you can use Siri, and Siri works great. And you just press and hold the Siri button, and you ask for whatever it is that you're looking for. You can ask for movies and shows, actors and actresses. You can ask for genres. You know, you can even say something as complex as uh, "Show me uh, movies about outer space from the 90s." You know, something like that. Uh, there's a lot of ways to use Siri to search for content. When you are playing back content, watching a movie or a show, for example, uh, you can say things to Siri like rewind 30 seconds, start this from the beginning, Uh, fast forward, Uh, You know all these types of options you can say. But of course, they also work with voiceover. Uh, For example, you can just press the pause button on the remote to pause. You can swipe your finger to the left to rewind or click on the upper left or right corner of the trackpad to quickly jump back or forward by 30 seconds. Um, you also have uh, some apps will will use a different, like AT&T TV, for example, uses the left and right swipes to change channels. So you can quickly swipe through just channel surf if you want to do that, just like a you know more traditional TV experience, if that's the way you prefer to do it. So there are, again, really, it's a matter of trying and experiencing uh, each app for yourself. But one of the things that we do want to talk about is text entry. Now, the keyboard on tvOS is set up in alphabetical order. A being on the far left, there's actually something to the left of the A. It's the space to insert a, a blank, you know, a space. And A through Z on one row, all the way to the right after the Z is the delete option. You can click it repeatedly to delete, or you can click and hold it. Uh, to clear an entire edit field. So all your letters are in one row, A through Z. Just swipe left and right to find the letter you want and then click to actually insert that letter. And if you go down to the next row, you can change from letters to numbers or punctuation, symbols, and then you can swipe back up and it will change what's in the row of characters that's there. Again, you just swipe left and right through something. When you find what you want to enter, you just click it. So it's actually very easy to type on screen. However, tvOS has made it even easier. There's a lot of shortcuts. For one thing, recently used email addresses are saved unless you disable that feature or delete them. And so if you need to use an email address to sign into more than one app, once you've inserted it once, it will be saved for you to use again in other apps. Another thing that you have at your disposal is Dictation. You can press and hold the Siri button while you're in an edit field and dictate whatever you're looking for. You can even enter passwords through Dictation on tvOS by speaking character by character. Just say capital when you need a capital letter. And VoiceOver will read this back to you. Another option you have is the Continuity Keyboard. Now, Continuity Keyboard allows you to use the on-screen keyboard of your iOS or iPadOS device to enter text on your Apple TV. When you get to an edit field, you'll get a notification on your iPhone and iPad that you can immediately pull up the keyboard to enter text on your Apple TV. And because of continuity keyboard, you also have access to iCloud Keychain. As you may know, iCloud Keychain stores all of your passwords and usernames for you. And so now I don't even have to type anything. Instead of typing my login credentials for AT&T or Netflix, all I have to do is use continuity keyboard, authenticate with touch ID or face ID, and I can immediately enter my password in just a couple of taps on the Apple TV. If you have a, um, a An external keyboard such as uh, an iPad smart keyboard, a Logitech Folio, or even a Bluetooth, you know, just some sort of a Bluetooth keyboard connected to your iPhone or iPad that also works with continuity keyboard. But not only that, Apple TV directly supports the use of Bluetooth keyboards. So you can actually pair a Bluetooth keyboard to your Apple TV and then use it to enter text and to navigate in tvOS. Not only that, Apple TV supports braille displays. You can pair a Bluetooth braille display to your Apple TV and you can use braille input and you can also read in braille what voiceover outputs. And this is really interesting because when you're watching a movie or a TV show, you can actually have voiceover speak the captions for you. If you are using closed captions or if there are subtitles in a foreign language film, Voiceover can read those for you, so that you don't have to have somebody sighted telling you what's on the screen. And not only that, but if you have braille and you you, have, you know you have a braille display, you can have those subtitles and captions output to braille as well. The last thing I want to talk about before I check with Cliff and, and take some questions is I also want to talk about TV speakers. We have a separate um, we have a separate presentation coming up. I think it's early on in 2021, if I remember correctly, on the HomePod, now that the HomePod minis are released and the new software and lots of new features. And so we're not gonna get in depth about this now. We're gonna save it for that particular presentation. But I just wanna point out that if you do have at least one HomePod in the same room as an Apple TV 4K, you can actually use your HomePods as speakers. And I mentioned AirPlay, you can do it that way, but now you can actually choose. Your HomePod in the same room as the home theater speaker, and this has unparalleled sound. It is the most amazing audio experience that you will ever want to have. You will be able to hear, if depending on what program you're watching, if it supports Dolby Atmos, for example, then it works with your HomePods in Dolby Atmos, and you'll be able to hear the people moving around the room, or you know, sound like they're behind you or wherever they're supposed to be. It is truly an incredible. Experience. And so you can use HomePod with Apple TV. Again, the beauty of all of this the integration, the continuity, how everything works together with iCloud and all of the other wonderful features that provide this seamless experience. And again, VoiceOver is no exception. With VoiceOver, you have the same great functionality that you're used to on iOS and iPadOS. Even if you, you know, the rotor, braille displays. Um, all of these settings that you come to to know and look forward to. Uh, So voiceover on Apple TV. You can even use the Alex voice um, if you want to use Alex. And because Siri doesn't speak on Apple TV, because the idea is we don't want to interrupt what you're watching. And so Siri doesn't talk to you on Apple TV. It shows its responses on the screen. But obviously, as a voiceover user, we need to hear what Siri is saying. And so Siri will read, VoiceOver will read what Siri says. And you can always have the entire screen read to you again, even in navigation mode, by simply pressing and holding the play pause button for about two or three seconds, and it will immediately read the screen for you. So Cliff, do you have anything that you want to add to this or comment on before we take questions?
2: Ah, uh, you didn't give me nothing to correct you on today. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention the the, uh, the keychain thing, but I mean, because I love that feature, not having to type them twenty-digit oh, long passwords. that keychain corrects for you, and it's just uh, yeah, it's it's just seamless. It works. It I mean, I, I've never had it fail on me on the Apple TV. So no, nope.
3: All right. Anyone want to raise your hand? Oh, Beth. Let's see. Uh, I hear you. There we go, Beth.
4: Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, am I correct, Matt, in assuming that if you have an Apple TV, you must have some kind of service, whether you just choose Hulu, whether you choose Cox or AT&T TV, whatever it is, Apple does not have a TV
1: service per se is is that correct that is mostly correct and that's why we started with that stuff now there are there is a slight exception to that i mean apple allows you to rent and purchase movies from the itunes store and has those Apple TV channels that I was telling you about inside the Apple TV app. So you can subscribe directly to those. And that does include Apple's own Apple TV Plus, which is all original content. So you don't have to have an external service. You can... Use just you know purchasing and renting, and you can subscribe directly through the TV app to things like CBS and Showtime and Stars. And like I said, and there's, there's a also movies. a lot of
2: free stuff like Pluto, yeah, yeah. Crackle. Uh, you well, YouTube TV's not free. What's that other one that we always forget about?
1: The is? basic YouTube app is free, but right? Um, uh, Crackle, Pluto, Tubi, uh, yeah,
2: you uh, Tubi, that's the one I always forget because they got a lot of content. They just got bought by Fox a couple of months ago and they put up a They've almost doubled their library, so and that's a completely yeah. free. You just need an email. or right. well, you don't even need an email address, but if you want to sync your watch history across your devices, then you'd have to have an account.
1: But it's it's completely free, right? You wouldn't get your local news at five o'clock or you know stuff like no, that. No, for that you need to have a service. In in most cases, uh, you know, you're it, it, yeah to get a especially to get a true live stream of it, you would have to have. Uh, and, and at the, you know, this day and age now, I mean, when I started doing this, you know, because we live in a slightly more rural area, um, when I started cutting the cord, I didn't have any of my local channels available to me. I could get the national stream of like, you know, NBC and stuff like that. But um, I didn't get my local affiliates and I didn't care. Uh, but that's just because I really didn't at the time. It is nice having them now. And that's what I was going to say. Probably every every live TV streaming service out there now does offer locals in my area. Now, you know, now I do get all of them. So this is a bit of a reach.
2: But can't you get your local news through news Apple News Plus? I mean, I don't know. I don't do news a lot. And I, you know, I go into the app now since I'm subscribed to Apple One service. But can't you, you know, find a feed with your local stuff in there?
1: It depends. Again, that's going to be based upon the area and what the providers are distributing, you know, to Apple. But it is theoretically possible. Yes.
3: Okay, okay. thank you. Wesley. Yep. Thank you, Beth.
0: Wesley, uh, are yeah, you I'm wondering if you have like a Mac in the room, is there any way to kind of... Do the Apple TV, just send the screen of the app to your TV screen so you can kick back with the keyboard on your lap and a trackpad on your lap and, you know, do some Mac stuff?
1: Well, yeah, that would be that same AirPlay technology that I talked about earlier. It's just called screen mirroring, but it's, a, a you know, a feature of the AirPlay 2 uh, protocol, and that is supported on all Apple devices. So you could do that from, well, at least the iPad, iPhone, Mac, all of, yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah. All right, thank you. Well, Wesley, just did remind me of something you did forget, Matt. You did forget to re- <laughs> <laughs> You did forget... Oh, I, well, I mean, there's a lot of content anyway, but you did forget to remind uh, mention that you can pair a Bluetooth keyboard to the Apple TV. You can pair oh, a Bluetooth earlier. keyboard. Yeah, you can. Yeah,
0: I thought it'd be a nice idea. So if I watch the TV, I want to enter stuff into the uh, Google app on the Apple TV or I'm, I'm mirroring my Mac screen. I want me to kick back to the keyboard on my keyboard trackpad pad on my lap and you know enter in text
3: <laughs> all right, okay, Jeff, think, oh, did you want to respond to that Matt anymore
1: uh I, I think I think that's you know I think I think we did answer that, yeah absolutely, okay. I think it's a great uh, great option,
3: yeah, okay, Jeff from um,
5: Yeah. there you go, yeah. Hi, there are a couple ways that you can get local news uh, without needing to pay for AT&T or whatever. Um, you go to the App Store, you could do term searches for your local TV stations by the call numbers or call letters. And uh, here in Minneapolis, there's like three stations that have their own apps that you uh, install on the Apple TV. So then you can get local news and that type of thing live. If that is not an option, there's apps. One is called Newsy. And when you go in there, you put in your zip code and then it will give you feeds of local news. It's not live, it's uh, chopped up and it's, you know, it's delayed. But like that's what we use uh, in the morning when we get up so we can watch the 5 a.m. news. Because of course at five a.m. we're sleeping, so um, there are ways. Right, to, it's definitely to personal preference.
1: That. Whatever you want to, you know, wh- whether you want to pay or, wh- and again, even the over-the-air option, you know, would mean not having a monthly subscription as well.
5: Right, and also I do want to uh, touch on the audio description thing. A lot of these services do not support audio description, like Philo. Um, last time I checked, Sling did not pass through the audio description track. Um, What's that other one? Plex does not pass through the audio description track. So that might be an issue for people that want that. Um, I I resolve that issue by I get the channels over the air through a TV antenna. And then I have an application that puts it into uh, my Apple TV device, and then I'm able to stream it through the house, and because it comes over the air, the audio description track is is there. Is that right. the home run? Is that the home run setup? It it is uh, the hardware is the HD home run, correct? Yes, the HD home run. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yep. That channel is up. Still twenty five bucks. <laughs> I was a bit spendy a couple of years ago. It, it is still that price.
1: Uh, Black Friday is coming up. You
5: never know, <laughs> Might, Might have you a deal. Know. And,
1: and one of the that I saw recently. Again, I have no personal interest in it, but just you know, for folks who do want to go that route, the Channels app used to require you to use a computer if you wanted DVR. Like you actually had to have a you know a computer with enough hard disk space and keep it running and you know all of that if you wanted DVR functionality. I saw. And email correspondence the other day from um, uh, the uh, the HD Home Run company, I believe it was. I don't think it was Fancy Bits that does channels. I think it was HD Home Run. But one of the two that said that you can get DVR on a Raspberry Pi now. And, of course, for those that don't know, Raspberry Pi is like a custom – I don't know if it's open source. It's a a very, very minimal – Operating system that you can kind of create these custom uh, experiences on, and supposedly my my understanding is again I didn't read it in depth, but my understanding is you can purchase uh, a fully configured Raspberry Pi with the DVR functionality already built into it. I don't know how that plays out, um, but it is something to to look into if that's uh, you know something you're you're interested in.
3: Okay. Thank you. I, well, let's see. Ah, uh, uh, let's see. Alan, let's see. Is this you? No, that's not you. Who is here? Okay, 1248. Uh yeah, you can unmute. Star six. Hi, this is Laura. Thank I you. Hi. I wondered if you have a smart TV to get this to work, and I wondered if you had to have a 4K TV to work the Apple TV, and if and also about the 4K. I understand there's a difference in pixels, but is there a difference in sound with the 4K
1: TV? So there is kind of a couple questions there combined. So... Um, If I understood your first question is, uh, do we need a smart TV? You don't actually need it. It will work fine with it, you know, as long as you've got an HDMI port. um, And I, I, you know, uh, just as a side note, smart TVs can get a lot of these same apps. uh, But I like the experience on Apple far better. So, yeah, that's not an issue either way. And 4K is up to you. Um, You know, the best experience you're going to get is an Apple TV 4K paired with an actual 4K television But it's certainly not required, and if you have an Apple TV 4K and you have a standard HD TV, that's fine. Um, It will work, you know, just the same. It's just your content won't be displayed in 4K, which if you are the only person there or the others with you don't care, you know, it's not a problem. Or a
2: person that Um, has had both. 4K TV. (laughs) Paired with the 4K Apple TV, the sound is going to be much better. I will say that, and that
1: was the other thing I was going to say. That's where you're going to get, like I mentioned earlier, if you have the correct. But again, you got to have speakers that'll take advantage of it too. Most of the built-in speakers on a TV are not, you know, not going to give you that much of a. uh, a I was going to say I don't
2: use my speaker. I don't use my uh, TV anyway. I use my HomePod, so.
1: That's where you're going to really a HomePod paired with an Apple TV 4K and a 4K television. That's where you're going to get the really awesome audio experience.
3: Thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm thinking about looking into it myself, but I'm I'm wondering if I need to... I mean, right now I have a couple of TVs that are not 4K, and I'm wondering if eventually maybe I will get a 4K TV and then work up to the Apple TV and the things to go with it.
1: Well, you, you know, you could go either direction. I had my Apple TV 4K for uh probably close to two years before I actually had a 4K television. Um, And I got the Apple TV 4K because I suspected that I would soon get a 4K television. You know, they make a non-4K Apple TV also. uh, But, you know, I got the 4K in anticipation of it, and then I got the television. So you could do it either, either sequence there. But again, Black Friday is a great time for that. These televisions are amazingly discounted. I think the TV that I have which is not huge by today's standards, but it's still a 40-inch, and it's a smart TV 4K with Dolby Vision um, from Vizio, and I think it was 249 And the nice thing about it, which Vizio is not the only one to do this. Um, Sony, Samsung, they all do it, but um, you have HomeKit in it, which means I can talk to Siri and say, uh, turn on the TV, or I can go into the Apple Home app and switch inputs on the television, and I can, you know, do all these kinds of things that way, too. So a lot of really good features in these modern TVs, and they're not
0: very expensive.
3: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Wesley?
0: Yes. I have a situation with my vision impairment is that I can't really tell the difference between, like, you know, maybe normal TV and x TV or the 4K and so I'm just kind of wondering, you know, I hear about the talk about the Apple TV 4K. And then it's the only difference between the Apple TV 4K and the next model down is just the resolution, you know, on the picture. Or are there other advantages that I should think about getting the 4K, not just because of the resolution?
1: Um, there is another difference, and it's the processor. Um, The Apple TV HD uses the A8 processor, which is actually uh, the processor that was used on the iPhone 6. But on a television, that's not a problem. Uh, As a matter of fact, the A8 is well. And then the the Apple TV Hmm. uh, 4K currently uses the A10X processor um you know w- which is a higher end processor so depending on what you're doing it could affect it but i mean it, they're both very much supported still
0: and with the other non-hd the non-4k apple tv would it upgrade to the latest version of tv OS, or is that about ready to be discontinued no,
1: it, it, it's still upgrading it absolutely will still run TBOS, but i i there may, there may be a couple features. Uh, the main feature that I don't believe is supported on it is that you can't use the HomePod as the home theater speaker if it's okay. just an HD. Okay. You so want, the next
0: one below the HD, I cannot not use the HomePods as uh, as speakers with that.
1: Not full time. You can you can do it on the fly with AirPlay too, but it's not quite the same. And by the way, the HD version only has 32 gigs of storage. The 4K has either 32 or 64, so that may be another compelling reason to you know get the 4K model.
0: Okay, thanks. Yeah, because it's me versus HD normal TV. It's like a totally blind person. to I want to screen or not? You know, that's the situation for my, you know, vision condition. So that's why I'm trying to ask this question to make this decision.
3: Yeah. Thank you, Wesley. Thank you. Okay, so I don't see any other hands at this moment. Um, did you have any other? Let's see. We have about nine minutes oh gosh are you there matt
1: whoops there we go sorry about that
3: okay Okay. yeah you You have about nine minutes and so if there's any way that you want to wrap up i don't see any more hands at this time
1: okay all right i will mention
2: uh, that um i'm sorry Matt, to cut you off no Um, go ahead go ahead Start well, not starting. We've been doing help sessions on Saturdays now. Every other Saturday, the next one is going to be the 28th, which is next Saturday, and that starts at 12 Central, one Eastern, 10 Pacific. And in order to get information about that, because we don't post it on the blog, I send out uh, email correspondence. So if you want to be involved in that help session, just send me an email or iMessage at Stir It Up. At iCloud.com and stir is spelled with a U. So S T U R I T U P at iCloud.com. I prefer iMessage, but uh, email will do just fine.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I think that the um the last thing that we should, you know, share here before we wind up, uh, wrap up is just um as I mentioned to you before, this is really <sighs> It's one of those things where if you know how to do it on the iPhone and the iPad, you ought to be able to figure it out on the TV. But, again, those few little tidbits, you know, about the different modes for navigating and, you know, those kinds of things I thought were worth pointing out. And we do have, if you go to ttjtech.net, let me give that to you again. That's T-T-J, like Tango, Tango, Juliet, followed by the word tech, T-E-C-H, dot N E T. There is That is my website, and we put all of our information on the blog there, so we encourage you to subscribe to the blog. We also have a link to the TTJ Talk podcast, or you can just search TTJ Talk on your favorite podcast platform. But what I was going to say is that on the blog, there is indeed a recording of how to use voiceover on Apple TV, uh, and it is up to date with tvOS 14. And so if you want to kind of rehash, now, of course, what we, what we did today will also be available on ACB uh, very soon, um, you know, within the next week or so probably. But if you want to also have it more in depth, uh, just the tutorial on voiceover and the remote layout again and so forth, that is on the website. I can't tell you exactly how many blog posts back <laughs> that is, but it is there. Um, and, and so I would encourage that also, again, I know there was somebody that said they were going to uh, get in touch with me about AT&T. That's great. One of the services that we offer and one of the things I love doing for people is if you're interested in finding what services are available to you and specifically what's best for you. I can't tell you what to do. It's personal preference. But if you give me your favorite channels and your zip code and address, I you know, I have enough experience with it that I can narrow it down for you and kind of help show you the, the pros and cons of it. Because as... Uh, Much to my wife's chagrin, I have multiple times tested uh, (laughs) all these different services back and forth or or a a good portion of them. I'm very happy now with uh, AT&T TV, praise God. But it is, uh, you know, there's so much out there. And then uh, the last thing I want to tell you is that we will not be having um, this ACB presentation next week. There will be others. But the Friday afternoon Apple presentation is not happening next Friday due to the holidays and some family time and what have you. Uh, but we're going to resume the following Friday, which I believe is December the 4th or something like that. And um, in the interim, I will be offering, just as as trainer Cliff will as well, we will be offering iMessage support and that Saturday help session uh, next Saturday that he told you about, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And so if you get a new Apple TV or HomePod or television or any other Apple gadgets and new toys, Uh, over the Thanksgiving and Black Friday holiday, uh, we're offering extended support hours. I'll be posting what those are on the website here shortly, along with our TTJ holiday gift guide, which will be a podcast and a blog post talking about some of these devices, um, my personal favorite devices. And so you'll be able to access that within the next few days. You'll be able to access support by iMessage extended hours on Black Friday and Saturday of next week. And there's two iMessage addresses Uh, Cliff has already given you one. That's stir it up at iCloud.com. Again, stir is spelled with a U. And uh, if you can, use the messages app. If not, you can use email. You get faster responses if you use iMessage, though. And the other address, same thing, iMessage is preferred. Uh, The other one is the tech juggernaut at (laughs) iCloud.com. So that's the, T-H-E, followed by tech, T-E-C-H, followed by the word juggernaut, J-U-G-G, E-R-N-A-U-T, so the tech juggernaut at iCloud.com. I you think should that's have just made it TTJ
2: Tech at iCloud.com, make it easy.
1: <laughs> I should have, but I didn't. Don't confuse people. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> also,
2: I just did uh, last week, I did a podcast with our newest member of the team, Stephanie Jones. Me and her both got iPhone 12 Pro Maxes, and we did a review on that last weekend. And that's on Stirred Up, the uh, podcast spelled the same way.
1: Absolutely. So, everybody, God bless you and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Stay well. Stay safe. And we know you will. We'll look forward to seeing you back in two weeks uh, right here for another Apple presentation.
3: Thank you very much.